You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Prasky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. What are we? You look like we're going to a funeral on us in our black and white here. I'm going for my glow look. Look at that. My I turned off all the lights and now I just glow. You sure do, Chris. Yes, I do. You glow than more than on this show. You glow in real life. <laughs> Andy, but, Andy uh, and I, Andy and I always try to have talks during the week, and then uh, our poor, poor little business gets in the way all the time. We all can yeah. get a phone call or one of us got to show a house or we're constantly, yeah. it's like, it's crazy trying to uh, get together, but at least we get together for an hour every week here, Andy. I love it. I know. It's my, one of my favorite parts of my week. And we get the old spice man to kind of get us straight here. Do you remember the old spice guy that yeah. used to wear the turtleneck? I just tried to, I saw that early. I'm like, I'm going to try to find that old spice guy. You can't, he's, he's not around. There's no Old Spice guy with the turtleneck. And, I mean, it's iconic. Old Spice, now they got the new groovy, cool guy Old Spice commercials now. Yes, exactly. The old guy was pretty pretty cool. He was always – was he – maybe he smoked a cigarette. Maybe they didn't like that. Maybe, or was it a, a pipe or a cigarette or a pipe? I think it was a pipe. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, sounds like a Googleable opportunity for Nick. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what are you guys up to today? Sorry, guys, I can't hear you for a second. He lost us for a second. We're back. Are you? Well, Andy, I'll tell you good? what. I, um, I, I continue to see the marketplace. Um, kind of the – here's a few listings here and there, people fighting over them because they want to get uh, things locked in before rates are anticipated to continue to grow or go up. Um. You know, it, it took me a second. I had to take a look, though, back at my history of of my career and how many houses I've sold that were 7% and 7.5%, um, 6% Rates. over the years. I mean, tons of them in the fives. Um, and, yes, recently it's been very nice being in an environment where, um, you know, we have the the lowest interest rates ever. But, you know, you got to remember that it most people over the history of America – you know, didn't have that opportunity. And it's used to be a stimulus, truly a stimulus to keep that sector of the economy moving. And as that, you know, sector has gotten so robust and, and things are happening, they did, they have to change it. So rates are going to go back up so that they can start getting private money back into the, the arena of lending versus having it all be government backed, you know, um, annuities and, and whatever. So as rates are going up, more people enter that arena. Um, Hopefully, I, you know, I just I think the problem we're going to continue to have, Chris, and you, you know, jump in any time is is the everybody that I know that's my age or a little older. They're like, I'm not going to sell because because what I want to buy isn't priced right. So I'll just stay where I'm at and I'm still working. I'm still making good money. So it's no big deal. I'll just stay where I'm at. Um, I have the additional square footage. I don't want to pay it. I don't want to maintain it. But, you know, I think that was interesting when you were talking about selling at different rates, you know, and you're six mm -hmm. and seven and whatever. I remember when I first got into the business and my mom and dad were telling me, you know, you are so lucky to be starting in this business right now because rates are only 10 and a half percent because we yeah. had just gotten off of in the late eighties, you know, that they, they were much higher than that. Oh, sure. Um, and so it was like, I was super lucky to get 10 and a half. And I remember when it broke into nine, I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. You know, people are going to start doing it. But um, I know we're going to do a little uh, piece that's coming up that's going to show the difference of what interest rates have done and what it really means to people. And well, in, your, in your little commercial, Chris, in your little commercial you guys do, I don't know if you paid attention, but it flips through a payment book and it's showing 15, 13, 12% interest. And... Um, but, but here's what's crazy. So let's be old guys for just a second, okay? And you sit back and you think about this. We were having people ask us the same questions when rates were 8% as they do now. Are rates still really good? 
Is it still a good time to buy a house? You know, that they're looking for that confirmation that they're doing something correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and what you'll, if you look at the statistics, most people buy houses when it's affordable for them in their unique situation. And most people are only moving because, you know, they either, they are uh, trying to be closer to family and friends. Uh, they need a bigger house um, or a job. And so most people don't want to move. They, they get into a position where, well, you know, and I don't see a lot of that keeping up with the Joneses as much as we used to, you know, uh, as they used to say, but. Hey, Andy, I want to talk to you because you're all in it right now and it's uh, coming to an end. It's the dog days of the parade and yes. you are uh, in the, it's the last weekend. And so. And so the, the it... cracked lip that I keep chewing on. Yeah, well, I, no, no stress know, in my life at all. I think people don't understand too that you know the agents that are sitting in those models are are really sitting in there from Thursday from twelve Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday from twelve to six, and it might sound like oh geez you know that's really tough really tough on you, but when yeah. you have to be able to do your other work and then be able to show afterwards and and then have builder meetings. It's hey, it's really I look at it like my schedule today, Chris. Look at this. Yeah, that's my I, I don't I don't have I don't have any more room for any more stuff. It's it's yeah. packed. Oh. I mean, I, I don't even have lunch scheduled today, and I could die if I don't have my lunch. So well, the other point, yeah, but the other point is too, is that it's constantly moving and talking the whole time. It's not like you get breaks and you don't get to do anything. People are coming in constantly. Thursdays and Fridays aren't bad, but how about overall? How's it been? Listen, look at Nick. Nick is heckling us. You guys can't see this, but there's a a message board, and he's saying, "Ah, poor realtors." Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know if he's ever worked six hours straight in his life. I yeah, mean, well, I did. The, I did the model at Holmes. I did that before. You did. Oh, that's right. So, what'd you think? Oh, cool. Obviously, you didn't it's like brutal. it. It's brutal because we we do it with the mask on too, and it was so much talking. You say a lot of the same things, and you're always on your feet. It is not fun. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, that is, I'm glad that he had a chance to, to try it because it is, it's kind of like, I always say, you know, when you're doing a show like that, it's different than when you're working with a customer, problem solving, um, negotiating, you know, designing new marketing plans that, that has a purpose when you're in a, in a model home, for an example, or an open house as a real estate agent, we're really on, on display. Number one, number two, we're interviewing for a job. If you really think about it, as people are coming in, we're like, Hey, how you doing? Trying to show our nice person. Actually, South Park did an episode recently where I just about died. I normally don't. I don't admit that I watch South Park. They have a real estate episode where they're, oh my god, this new realtor company has video. We have to take all new headshots, and they're they're leaning way back to look friendly. And and the crap that real estate agents do is what it's making fun of. They do to try to be approachable, try to be nice. Um, you know, hey, do you want to work with me instead of the other nineteen thousand real estate agents in the Twin Cities? And, um, but the idea there is that if you're sitting there and you're quiet, you're in your laptop, Hey guys, you don't get hired. So yeah. you are on display. It's like being an actor on stage really for, for about six hours. A couple of years ago, I went to, uh, one of the, the $5 homes, you know, the, the big ones and went there and the realtor just sat on their computer the whole time. It never said nothing about the house. It's like, what? I mean, but more than likely, maybe didn't even know anything about the house. And that's the other thing, sitting in one of those models. I mean, it's not like, hey, what are the what school district is it in and what are the taxes? It's, you know, what kind of insulation R factor do you have? What's your HERS rating? You know, what kind of trusses do you use? And so you but, have but Chris, to know a lot. I was just going to say, I, but I would, I would say, okay, take that same person, pull them out of there, put Chris Rooney in there. Chris Rooney would have spent four days researching that house so that he actually could sound like he knows what he's talking about, would spend the time to talk to the builder, talk to the vent, the vendors, understand the products, because a lot of people come in and they and they kind of tease you and say, oh, we're thinking about remodeling. Okay, yeah. so what do you what projects are you working on? You know, and and then we're just coming in to look at colors. Now he's, you know, we'll say, great. Well, uh, let me know if there's anything I can answer for you as far as materials or whatever. Those conversations a lot of times turn into future listings for us because we help them make the right decisions. I go, these give the best return on investment for existing. Um, what area do you live in? And they, well, you don't need to know that. I go, well, I'm asking because if you're in, you know, a neighborhood that maxes out at 250, you probably don't want to put 400 grand into the house. 
But if you're in an area that's at a million five, let's go for it, you know? And so we, I think a lot of times when you're being asked those questions, you're entering into an environment where that person's trained to answer questions, intrigue you to, to talk, and, and they're really designing themselves to set themselves up for a conversation with you so that you get a chance, again, to, to interview them and, and show how much they know about the house. If you're a real estate agent and you're not doing that, get out of there. Just just become a model home greeter for 10 bucks an hour and, and serve cookies at the opens. And That's what I tell people. If they're afraid of me, that I'm going to call them and do that. So I'm not going to bug you. If I'm doing my job, you're going to end up calling me. And so if I'm not doing my job, I don't get a phone call back. Yeah. It's just that simple. And then it then it relaxes. Then it's like, you know what? I, I don't care. If you don't want to give it to me, you don't have to. But I can't tell you how many times I've told people, you know what? This will probably go. If you want, give me your number. I can call you if anything comes up. And they call me and say, what happened? I thought, heard it sold. I said, I told you. Give me your number and I'll call you back and tell you. But they think you're going to attack them. And that does happen. And you do get harassed by people. But just be straight up. Just say, hey. Yeah, but you know let me what? ask you I'm a question. Looking, I don't want to work Can with I ask you a quick question? I'll even ask Nick this question. Nick, Nick likes to be a little skeptical of our industry. And good for him. So... What, what I'm saying is like, if, if I got your phone number, so let's say Nick walks into a house, I get his phone number. Um, what am I going to do with that number? If I don't provide value to Nick, Nick's going to block my call. He's not going to answer my text. He's not going to respond to my emails anyway. So you it's can like, sell it to companies. Oh, I'm not, we're not that smart, Nick. We're real estate agents, dude. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not Coca-Cola. I mean, Hey, sign up for our sweepstakes and sell it, you know? Um, and they were all bought at Target stores for three ninety nine. dollars um, we, We're not doing that. We're, we're real estate agents trying to, hey, you want to buy or sell something that I can understand? And and beyond that, we're, it goes blank. They talk, about, they talk about a tub or a shower. I send, I send it right to Lowe's and Home Depot. That's Beth and Beyond. Give them a call. Uh, hey, we're going to start this uh, um, episode off with some fun things, some real estate memes. So here's the first one. Chris, do you want to explain this, the IQ chart? Yeah, for those people uh, just listening to the podcast, it's uh, it basically has an IQ score, of uh, a low IQ score to a high one, and there's almost like a bell curve. But it's the first one is just call people and ask for their business. So we're talking about realtors and just calling and, and just start asking people out of the blue. Uh, the other ones, uh, as you get to the high bell curve and most of the realtors, and what they'll do is almost what Andy just said, they follow the crowd. And they say that you need to have all these things, a, a chat bot, an IDX website, whatever all that other crap is, Google My Business, scripts, coaching, professional logos, all that stuff. And then um, then there's the people on the other side that are just call people and ask for their business, but they're able to close the deal. And there's a big difference. It's that person sitting in the model home with their computer or that person who knows what the heck they're doing uh, on the other end, because you have to know and I always said that with open houses. I mean, think about it, people. Why are people going to open houses? Number one, they might be looking to buy that house. Number two, they might be looking to sell their house. Or number three, they're they're preparing for something. Maybe it's remodeling to be able to get ideas. But there's they're, they're thinking about buying or selling or doing something with their house. So you got to be prepared for all of that. And maybe they come into that house and it's it's only two bedrooms up and they need three bedrooms. Well, you better know about the other three bedroom houses. And the other thing that I caution people and I caution realtors, especially is you got to sell that house. You got to work for your client. You do what's best for them and sell that house. If you've exhausted everything and it's not going to work for them. Sure. Then you can go after them, but you have to work for your client. Amen. I, I think that's the cool part about once you've been in the business a while you know, hey, I saw a house like that last year down the road, and they mentioned that they might sell. Let me give them a call and see if we can put this deal together for you guys. Would you be interested in living, you know, on the situation you just gave me? You know, you want this many bedrooms, that many bathrooms, this kind of a view. And and when you're in the business long enough, you actually become like an index or uh, the Rolodex of information. And it, I'll tell you what, it is interesting always to look online. I always say look online, shop with a real estate agent, because once you get to the point of where you're like, okay, I'd really like to move in the next three to six months, that's where you start dialing it in. You get your financing lined up or you allocate your cash if you're a cash buyer. Um, you put all the pieces together and then you go after the market. You find that expert that's in that area and then they can provide resources that you just can't get on your own. I mean, it's just, you, you can't buy that experience, but you can hire it. 
Uh, this next one is for you, Andy, because you're busy schedule. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, Nick, can you uh, let me know where you get those containers? Yeah, okay, so basically how realtors shower when they are in multiple escrows and are waiting on offer response. And this girl has a shower with like a curtain that can uh, put your phones in there so you can do emails and whatnot while you're showering. Oh, my God. That's awesome. What if you, Chris, Chris, what if you yeah. accidentally left the camera on? <laughs> you lose everything. All your customers, all your. I went. Also, you see a guy in there trying to do a, re, a respond. He turned his camera on. I think what uh, I've learned from a realtor standpoint is those those showers are not very long that you take. Yeah. I mean, I mean. I, I can't tell you. I mean, I think I, I turn the water on longer than I actually stay in there. So it's it's quick and go. Let's go. Well, half the, half the time somebody calls because it's early in the morning and they want to get you and you're on the phone with them and then you're like, all right, great. Good talk to you. Click, hang up. There's a text. You're like, I'll just call them quick before the shower's still running. You know, like, so I made fun of my kids for years and I bought one of these shower heads that once it gets hot um, to temperature, it actually shuts the water off and it drips. And then you have to pull the string again to get the water to turn on. I should buy that for myself. So I don't waste so much water. All right, here we go. Last meme of the day. If you guys like this little segment, let us know in the comments. It's fun finding these. No. I don't think this applies as much to this market, but um, it's still funny. <laughs> uh, that, that what's, your, what's your thing? Perceptions, reality? Yeah, exactly. And that, that agent should be fired if that's the case. If you know there hasn't been a lot of showings, you got to go and uh, make sure that the place looks good when you finally do get a showing as well, because uh, the, that matters. And, and what does it just tell you? No one else wants it. No one's ever even been in there. Or that's on the, that's probably on the water, on the lake. And spider webs and stuff are a huge thing that are on yeah. the water that might scare people. And you just don't want them thinking about that before they actually look at the house. I was going to say, or you offer spider services for the uh, pest removal guys, you know, and sell a treatment with the house if that's 24 hours later. Yeah. All right, here we go. we got a message brought to you by the race car driver. He's always going, Mr. Andrew Prasky. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds, seconds on, the on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales, I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, thanks for listening to the show. And he's off. <laughs> well, how about that? All right, spring. Spring prep 101, Andrew. It's a yep. weird, weird, weird time right now. Is that me echoing? Anyways, it's a weird time right now in getting your house on the market because of mm -hmm. uh, what the weather does. And it's uh, especially gloomy uh, this time around. So to make your house uh, look better and feel better. What do you got some tips for, uh, for the spring people putting their house on the market right now? We're both dealing with it right now a lot and telling people what to do. So what do you got? I grew, you know, the, the grass is all matted down and gross. And I, I tell you what, you're not supposed to get out there and rake your yards this early, but I'll tell you what, curb appeal is very important. And there's, you know, when the sand uh, gets swept up by the street sweeper, you should also be doing your driveways and your sidewalks. And a lot of times there's a lot of extra debris outside because i'll tell you what trying to get those people in the door chris and i have talked about this for for years curb appeal is probably one of the most important things you can do um some of the best returns on investment for you that are easy obviously is cleaning um i love to take the old backpack blower and uh, just stand some of the grass up that's kind of laying down or have somebody that does that stuff for you do it um i'd also uh flip your mulch if you could real quick and make it look like it just was redone um or add add top dress it um, pots outside with some silk flowers. Don't overdo it because nobody would believe that they're real anyway, but do something kind of cute, kind of add a little color. 
And then when it comes to improvements, some of the best improvements, the best ROIs are front doors and garage doors, believe it or not. They're, they're close to 100% return on investment. Most improvements are not, but what Chris and I will tell you is that let's say that you do that new front door and you spend $1,000 on it and somebody comes up to that door, they unlock the door, it sets the tone for the whole experience going through the home. So it is it is important. Or, or if they stop in your driveway and go, oh, gross, look at that dented garage door from the kids playing hockey, because we all, we all have it, right? Or lacrosse or whatever it is, basketball, and, and get those garage doors tuned up and fixed. Yeah, the only problem is, is uh, sometimes these garage doors, I mean, they're taking four months to get them now, too. They do, yes. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many things that are a problem. We're waiting on another listing where we need to get uh, uh, at new asphalt driveway. And I mean, when's that going to ever happen? <laughs> so July. it's, uh, yeah, and it's tough. And that's a big first impression when you're coming up to that house and, you know, there's, there's pieces uh, that are out of there and everything. So it's almost like you have to prep the other agent right up front and say, Hey, we are getting a new driveway and make sure that it's out there. So when they're coming up to the house, they, they might not spend as much time looking at that if they know that it's going to be a new one and right. concentrate more on, on what the house is doing. So uh, there's it, times it too where I've, I guess I've, I've put notes out, you know, where, Hey, this is being updated or like for an example, same thing. Like there was a house I did a couple of years ago where the concrete front stoop just was crumbling over the years and they had tried to skim coat it, you know, which is common. It's a cheaper way to fix it. You just skim coat it quick and it looks nice for about four years and then it starts falling apart again. And we were at the point of where we had to replace it. It was just the, there was no corners left. It was, you know, shambles. And, and so, you know, you just put on there, we put a note saying uh, this is being replaced on uh, June 20th. Um, you know, sellers willing to escrow if needed. Um, otherwise, you know, whatever, however it works out for you guys. So it is, like you said, Chris, it is nice to, to point things out like that. But what about other things like, you know, um, going into the fall, um, you know, Chris and I have talked about this again in the past, having architecture, having, you know, the bird bass or having, you know, a pergola or, a, you know, an arch or an arbor, um, things like that that are kind of nice to look at as well that bring the person's eye in a direction that you want them to look. So if there's, you know, you don't obviously put, you know, well, you could, I suppose, put up a little privacy fence. If there was a neighbor with some ugly stuff you didn't want to show, you could hide it, but more or less also bringing your eye where you want them to go. So if there's a garden, you know, around the sidewalk and it pulls their attention to that garden, um, in the fall is it, I tell you, planning ahead, sometimes six months or a year ahead of time makes all the difference in the world with, with, uh, these options to enhance, uh, your sellability. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's, it's sometimes what you deal with in the spring is things you can't take care of. So maybe like painting is one. And a lot of times, you know, decks, decks have that problem and they're peeling. And when they peel, I mean, that's obviously something you're going to put your eyes to. We've got this one listing that we're gonna be we're gonna bring him to another door first, uh, you know, based on how we're having them park and where they should go to park. And the reason we're doing that is because we don't want their first impression to be that deck. By the time they get there and see it, they've already seen like a good part of it. But that sometimes can happen in a house where you've got you know bad steps and uh, yeah. But I've, I've I can't tell you how many times that I've seen people that oh I don't want to have the lockbox on the front door because it's going to wreck my door. That's totally fine. You can put your lockbox somewhere else, but you need to put it somewhere that is a good first impression. And then what some people do is say, well, geez, I'll just put it on the side door. Then you can just go through the side door instead. Well, your first impression is probably walking into a step and you can't even get your shoes off versus coming into that main door. So right. you really got to think there's just, there's so much more to it than just throwing it on the market and, and Hey, I'll, I'll charge you this much commission because you can lose so much money like that. I mean, so well, fast. You know, and that, that's the other thing is the guidance that you're talking about. You know, when you look at like the um, remodeling magazine, anybody can Google this themselves. They have the best ROI every spring for, um, you know, the regional area and for national averages of what is the best return on investments for home improvements. So something like you were talking about there, Chris, where you're talking about a deck and having where the deck could be power washed and restained, for example, that's an early spring. You can usually get away with that on a nice day, especially if the sun is hitting the deck where the materials can dry, it's not frozen. Um, you can actually accomplish that pretty easy because like something like a deck, even though we all, it, it'll hurt if you don't have one, but 
there's like a 30% return on investment. So you spend $20,000, $30,000 on a deck, brand new deck, and you're like, hey, look at my new deck. And you maybe get eight to $10,000 back out of that investment. So we always recommend repairing something like that on a major item. And, and in those, when you're flipping through those books, a lot of times it doesn't explain that. You know, you're better off putting some new fingernail polish on that deck than you are to um, re replace the whole hand. And speaking about a deck, sometimes you have a railing that looks like crap. And, and sometimes you just put the top rail on. It totally changes the whole look of it. And it's not like you're well, being think about this, Chris. Like, like you're saying, the first thing what people what, what people touch, right? I mean, I think that's, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think it's important to point that out. Whatever people touch, door handles, top of deck rails, um, you know, even if they have to move a piece of furniture to get the door open. I mean, everything that they touch, it, it, it sets an impression. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of interesting little pieces to it that a lot of people don't know. All right. On the other side, how about for agents? What advice would you give them to handle the spring season? I'll tell you what. I, I think a, a big thing is, is talk to other agents. <laughs> I, you just, you don't get that. And, you know, and now with people, um, there, there is a lot of people out there. I've got uh, two sellers that are 100% willing to sell their house prior to it going on the market. I never suggest that because you want the most amount of people to be able to go in there and be able yep. to uh, and, and do that. But people do that for certain reasons. But you'll never, ever know that unless you talk to people. So talking to other realtors, I think, is a really good thing uh, in which to do and just ask and, and, and find out. And you know, if you don't ask, other realtors can't tell you about things that are coming up or coming on. They can share it with their own brokerage, but they can't share it with other people. And uh, it, it's it's funny. It's almost like I got to ask Andy, hey, Andy, do you have anything coming up in the four to 500 range in uh, Blaine and Champlin? At that point, then Andy can tell me that. And but otherwise, he could not offer that to me if I didn't know because I'm in a, I'm at a different brokerage than him. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of different well, little rules. Good. I mean, I think that's too, Chris, that kind of, you know, talks just a little bit about what we call positioning, you know? So when you enter a marketplace, even today where there's, there are a few houses for sale, you still have to take into account that person that the, you know, 40 showings, those same 40 people are probably going from house to house to house. And even though they're all fighting on the same houses or they're for whatever reason, they eliminate that house or whatever, but you, you know, keeping in perspective, what have they seen? What was the market willing to pay? And position yourself properly. Like, do we need to improve our condition just a little bit to be even competitive in that price range of what we see out there or what is recently sold? And, and then you don't look foolish because I think a lot of people are so arrogant. No offense. I mean, I, I love my clients, but some people will come in and be like, if I can't get 800, I'm not selling. And you're like, well, and you're not willing to do anything, but you want 800 just because you want 800? Hmm. Yeah. Why don't you ask for a million? I'd ask for about go for a million. You know, it's like, come on, dude. Um, you know, and I and I we've all had those customers. The real estate agents watching this are laughing because and it's like, so you're not motivated to sell, you want a ridiculous number, you're not willing to do anything to get it. Well, guess what? I'll spend thousands of dollars to generate you buyers, and then the buyers will never be good enough for you either, or you won't accept the terms. So it's like you're not probably a real seller in today's market. So maybe put yourself on the sidelines. Watch everybody else selling their house for top dollar. Because, by the way, your house has never had more equity than it has right now, ever, right? Prices are at all time. So, come on. Yeah, the other thing, I think agents, uh, there's a lot of good agents out there that are having some real problems right now um, with clients. And it's typically, you know, that they would be selling quite a few houses because they have buyers and maybe they're more first-time buyers. But there's a lot of first-time buyers that don't have a lot of money. And when you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a very good down payment. And that doesn't entice sellers a lot when we're having appraisal issues. So they're they're getting stuck and they and they can't win. And they're getting very frustrated. It's just, you know, hang on, hang tight. And the other thing is, I want to say, is that for realtors, that sometimes when these times happen and it's a little slow, I don't say stop working, but don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on it. Enjoy your life, too. Because we all know what it gets like when you get super busy. So take some time and do some things that you've wanted to do. Start working out again. Not sit around and just, you know, pout about it. But get out there and, and do something. But you don't have to press it. What you've done is right. I mean, sometimes the, the market is just weird. And it, and it will turn around. So 
Did you like mean start working out at the gym, Chris? I'm super busy. I don't have to do that. Oh. All right, here we go. <laughs> Before we go, the social media reaction. Well, I, I got good genetics. I, uh, as my son says, that hey. doesn't count. Hey, I went. I went to the doctor, and he came back, and he goes, and he was a friend of mine. He set me up for all these things. He goes, "This is exactly what I said." He goes, "Dude, you're like in perfect health." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "There's no way." I said, "But that those those buffalo wings at B Dubs, they have some special stuff in them. Stuff in them, I think." Just on you, baby. All right, we got a commercial from uh, Superman himself. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. So true, Andy, that it was 13 to 15%. That was a good eye. And I don't know if you saw on that old MLS sheet that used to be just one little pages. Um, yeah. It said something, hey, with 20% cash, you can assume this 9% mortgage, which was like mm -hmm. a super cool thing in which to be able to do back then. So it was. Uh, I, think, I think that's going to, I hate to say it, I think that's going to come back again. Oh, you bet it the is. Assumables. Absolutely. With these rates and stuff, and people will probably play them because it's like, hey, you can, I mean, we're going to, we're going to see it later, but you're going to see the difference in what just from three to 5% goes. So let's just say you got a 3% mortgage and you're, you, it goes to 7%. But the other thing is too, Andy, what is the other huge thing that people are going to probably do? That's going to totally create this whole um, shortage for a long time, lack of inventory. Why would you not? I mean, because rent is going to go up and you have a super low payment. Why wouldn't you be renting your house? Take an equity line for the other money to be able to go buy your other house, rent that out and make a couple thousand a month. Totally solves your payment issue on the other side. So there's a lot of games that can be played here. And we've been through it before. You know, a lot of the newbies haven't. You know, that's this is all they know. They they know between three and five percent, and they've never dealt with the other part of it. But you gotta be able to kind of be able to figure it out. And there's another thing, and again, I'm gonna wait until that time to be able to bring up um, different alternatives, but uh, yeah. Very, very interesting. Sit by myself, talking to them. Okay, I think this whole um, metaverse, I know Nick, uh, Nick's got a podcast that they talked about this on. They did like a four or five part series. I still don't understand it at all, but it's like, I mean, they're basically bringing everything we have here into this metaverse and making money off of it. And one of the things is, is that realtors might be going into this metaverse and selling different things on there and getting paid like real. I mean, it's, it's craziness stuff, but they're doing it. And it's kind of like real and the, on, on the metaverse. I mean, isn't there people like, like what are the big companies that are already on the metaverse and have places? Nike, um, like uh, all the big brands are in it. But yeah, it's like the same thing. They're thinking uh, they can rent out their place on there or when you, you hold parties and put the, the headset on or even now play the game, like to go into their property, you have to pay in uh, um, coins and, and whatnot. But the, this industry is starting to get bigger. And I know some companies, they have a um, metaverse program, right? Is it EXP and whatnot? Mm -hmm. they, have, they have, I think, yeah, they have a place where you can go into the, Metaverse, where you can go take education stuff and do that kind of stuff. Like, I think know, that actual footage you had was from them. I, I've seen their demos before. It looks like their footage. Okay. But yeah, you no, know, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. In my metaverse, um, I'm not wearing shoes, so I got first thing I can do is eliminate my $300 Nike bill because um, I'm gonna walk around barefoot. And yeah, but it's gonna be flip flops. And it's not, those why would you want to put yourself What's that? What's that? Those three hundred, those three hundred dollar flip flops, though you have, Nike makes those too. I think. Well, you know, but I'm like, it's kind of like you guys remember The Office. Dwight goes into a virtual world, and Dwight creates a 
uh, virtual guy that basically sells virtual paper, looks virtually just like him. So in his fantasy world, he's himself. And then he, and they're like, so in the world where you can be anything you want to be, you're a paper salesman, just like you are in real life. And he goes, of course, why wouldn't I be? And I think that's kind of funny, but you know, I don't know what the, the concept of is, is it like a redo for people where they can go into this metaverse and then now in their version of real life, they're a hero or they're the superstar or they have a lot of money and they don't in real life. And so that's awesome. But at the end of the day, when the power goes out, where are you going to be? Have you, have you not watched? I mean, yeah, if the power goes out, we got a problem because you can't get online. But have right. you not been on social media? And there's people that never had a voice, never had nothing that are hiding behind a keyboard thinking they're really cool now. And now all of a sudden they can be someone else and then start hanging out with these people that would never give them the time of day. And uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to it. I really do. I don't want, I don't know if I want to ever deal with it. I'm not disagreeing, but I want to pay with my fake metaverse money then. Cause I don't want to, I'm not going to give real money to a fake thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy stuff. Not enough homes. Not enough homes. (laughs) The housing shortage is a hot topic in the real estate world, and we want to help break it down. It's actually pretty simple. There are not enough homes for the amount of buyers looking for them. It's the law of supply and demand. India is quickly becoming an attractive destination for people relocating from more expensive cities like Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, because it's relatively affordable. And let's face it, the weather here is amazing. They can't build new homes fast enough to make up for this deficit. Increased demand for millennials entering the market, the pandemic, and other factors caused a 52% decrease in supply from 2018 to 2020. So basically, it's going to be a long time, Freddie Mac says at least 10 years, before the housing shortage has been solved. I don't doubt that one bit. That, but that, I, I think that's kind of interesting. Remember that comment I made about realtors and not having much business can't do anything? I mean, there is some play off of that. Maybe you come up with a different social media type thing and, and just have some real fun with it. I mean, it's like a homeless guy that there's not enough homes available. Well, I think that it also kind of puts a, a reality damper on people's, I'm just going to wait because next year there's going to be all kinds of foreclosures and all the prices will be in half. Yeah. And it, it, it's not, the math isn't there, guys. And I think the problem we're having is that there's a lot of people that remember the past, which I granted, I lived it myself. Every day I was beating my head on the wall trying to get out of that marketplace. But when you have this much equity and you have people that don't need to sell, um, if they need to sell and there's nobody buying, that's different. But when there's always somebody looking for something, and let's say rent, the greedy renter market, they can squeeze, squeeze, squeeze their renters. Eventually it's going to get to the point where they're going to be like, hey, it's a lot cheaper for me to own a house than it is for me to rent a house. Or there's no VRBOs available because nobody wants to rent them out because they live in them. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that you start looking at, you know, um, everything changes. And so as we change into a market where that's acceptable or exciting or new and fun, remember that'll change. It always does. Everything changes, comes and it goes. And so same thing with housing and demand and interest rates and whatever else. And that I think my friends is why I enjoy real estate so much because it's always something new and exciting. I saw a funny, um, comment. I think it was on that Reddit, that subreddit about home buyers. And they're saying like there's been Canadians um, waiting since 2004 for the market to correct. And what's weird is Canada, I think, just banned foreign individuals from buying real estate from how bad the prices are. And no one can really afford homes. Yeah, they all came in there and started buying stuff up. And that, that, I mean, it's crazy. Some of the price I've had a couple clients come down from Canada, um, dual citizenship type things. And you know, what they're able to get rid of their house for and get here was a big difference, a big difference. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that, uh, again, going out to the REMAX conventions every year, and I, I always get a chance whenever I can to talk to somebody from a different place. And the Canadian market is so different than ours. And and there are people that, the reason why they can afford a $1.4 million house and they make $70,000 a year is because they flipped three houses and they were making 300000 a house, so they're virtually paying cash for a $1.4 million house. Now, their fear is that the market collapses and they have that much cash into a house. So the marketplace, this is no joke, Chris, they were only doing 20% down conventional mortgages up there for, for years, where you had to put 20% down or more. They wouldn't let you even take a mortgage out because 
they did not want to see a collapse of mortgages where most people, if you put 20% down, you're not going to walk away from that mortgage. And so that's the, in a preventative measure. That's what Canada has been doing is strategically putting, you know, very solid, again, uh, equity equals options. So they make sure that everybody has enough equity or the houses don't sell or don't get financed. Right on, Andrew. You get it, Amy. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. You should want a bad bitch like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Um, yeah. Nope, nope. No comment? I don't think I have one either. I don't know how I mean, that... I get it. I, so you want to pretend you're a really rough and tough real estate agent? Get somebody a house first, and then I'll call you rough and tough. <laughs> that's the, the true heroes are the people who are right now. That's, uh, a, that's a hero in our business. I think the problem is, is that people are trying to differentiate themselves, and because and there's so many people in the business right now that they have to do kooky, weird, you know, things that kind of just stick out to get attention. And I'm telling you, I, I, I think, I hate to say it, but with the volumes being where they're at um, and where we're headed with a, a tighter inventory market the next couple of years, I think you're going to see new construction continue to keep demand on for quite a few years. Um, even though expensive, it'll, it'll satisfy that high-end part of the market. Like Chris and I talked yesterday before the call today, you know, the high-end market doesn't have a lot available. Well, then they need to build and, and they can build high end. You can build um, and make beautiful homes in that price range. Um, give them all the amenities they want, which usually when then they, unless they hold their house, like Chris suggested earlier, but if they have to sell that mid to upper level house, that makes room for somebody to move up. And that's what most majority of the people in today's market are doing. They're moving up. So that's good. I thought you were kidding. I thought it was a joke. I even wrote it down in my diary. Veronica had a very funny joke today. I laughed at it later that night. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. I, I, I like that girl. I don't even know who she is, but I like her. I had a client the other day that, um, you know, we've been talking about building a house for a while. It just kind of just keeps lingering and waiting and trying to, you know, time the, the product and the prices and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, yeah, no, with that. And then with the interest rates, they go, what? Well, what are the interest rates at? I was quoted at like 2.7, you know, two and seven eighths. And I said, well, it would be at 5% now. <laughs> almost <laughs> fell, fell off the phone. So it was quite, it was quite interesting. I, I've actually, unfortunately, just started getting phone calls <laughs> from people right now that are under construction where they're like, well, we can't afford to pay 5% interest. And I said, well, you either better lock in or you're going to have a big mess here in about six months when you close. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of the know. rates, speaking What's of the rates, mean? let's get in, let's get into it. What interest rates have done to your house payment from 3% to 5%? Yeah. Where rates were at, you know, 3% now to five, but you know, you can say it and everyone said, Oh, your payment's higher and stuff like that. But let's, let's see the actual, the reality of it. So I think we've got a um, big Kirby. Big Kirby Jimek has uh, done some uh, some stats for us here, and uh, starting off at the the house at three hundred thousand. This is that. So we're just going to do that. So three hundred thousand thirty year term uh, with the interest rate at three percent. So that payment is twelve hundred and sixty four dollars and eighty one cents. So twelve sixty four eighty one is what that would have been. What in when, when was that last? Uh, January. <laughs> in Je November, December. Yeah, sometime in yeah. December. So there's your payment, 1264. Let's do it at 5%. There we go. 1610.46. So $350 more per month. Per month is what that just did. <laughs> so, wow. you know, but it's, I don't know. I look at this too. Um, that do we really i mean is that really real because we've been in we've been in these markets that you know number one um well hold on nick let's throw out the there's interest like the total interest that was paid as well i think that would be kind of interesting yeah, that's so that's crazy. That. yeah yeah 
So let's look at that. So the total interest on that was 200 for the bigger payment, that's 200 and let's just say $280,000. So if you pay that payment over the total 30 years and you pay it off, you're going to pay $280,000 of interest on that. So almost double what your payment was or what you, what you borrowed. And the other one's 155,000. So that's $125,000 that um, you are taking on now because of what happened. But I think if you look at that, let's just say that it's it's 350 a month, you know? Um, so that's seven, what is that? That's 40, 4,200 a year on there. The odds are that you have to look at it more like that, I think. It's, it's a per year thing versus a 30 year thing. Because if you think about that, no one stays in their house for 30 years. You just don't do it. And if you do, you're probably going to refinance or take money out or cash out or do something and adjust to a different interest rate. So if the rates come down, I mean, that's not going to be what your costs are. So I think looking at it and maybe looking at it a little more um, in a better light is looking at it, what does it cost to me per year in which to be able to do that? And then is it worth it to me to be able to do that? But the other problem is, is you got to qualify. And that's, that's the problem that's doing to people. It's knocking them out. So if you were able to just afford a $300,000 house before, now you're probably going to afford about a two fifty house because the qualifying of it has gone down. Because your you're qualifying is based on a payment, not a dollar amount. It's on what your payment is. So if the rates are 3%, you know, your qualifying is up here. If it's 5%, it starts bringing down what you can actually buy. But what do you so, think? Andy? So what you're saying is it's going to put even more pressure on entry level pricing. And it also, you know, with higher interest rates, more people will qualify for mortgages. That's something I've said before. You know, we don't realize is that when rates are higher, there's a higher risk threshold by the banks that are given. And so you're going to see banks will be more willing to say, you know what? Yeah, let's we'll, we'll take the risk on this individual. Um, let's let's do it. And because they don't have that stellar, perfect credit in their past or whatever happened in their past. And then, um, so there will be more buyers um, or continue. So that's one of the ways that the the old uh, economists used to say, hey, raise rates so we can bring some new fresh uh, buyers into the marketplace that now would qualify that didn't qualify before. And, and those buyers may be okay with the new prices because they couldn't even play the game before. They weren't even allowed to play. It's like the NFL player that finally gets thrown on the field, right? And mm-hmm. they haven't had a chance. They've been watching the starter play, play, play. And all of a sudden they get thrown on the field and they're like, I'm, I don't care. I'll play, you know, and, and they, they have a whole different man tap, you know, everything. The mentality is, is let, let's provide shelter, bigger house, provide for my family. And once they get their shot, they're usually not going to, you know, compromise. They'll go for it. So yeah, exactly. So it just changes. So, so unfortunately you snoozed and you lost and you lost 200 bucks a month. And that, that it, I've been, I can't tell you, I, I everybody's been warning everybody about this. They're like, it's not going to say 3% forever. And they're like, oh, it is. And it's like, okay, well, there you go. Well, you know, that example of Nick had with, you know, the Canadians waiting since 2004 to be able to get into a house and they're totally priced out. I think a lot of people get into that position because they just, they just know what it is. What you need to do is you need to sit down with a professional that knows what they're talking about and that can help you through this. So whether it's a lender, Kirby Kimek is on there, um, or, or an agent, to be able to just really talk about it and figure it out. That's why a lot of people don't go talk to a financial planner. Oh, there's no way I'll be able to do that. And I don't have enough money yet to be able to do it. Well, you never will unless you go talk to someone and be able to figure it out. That doesn't mean you have to do it. You just want to go to someone to be able to figure out what you should do. And if you can, so it's just like, you know, um, I, I was always kind of, a. I owned a construction company a long time ago and then I swore it off for a long time. And then I started uh, representing a builder. Um, but in the, in that between time, um, it was actually Andy had a little to do with that because I always looked at him like, dude, why would you build? I mean, you're, you're going to pay more. You got to landscape. You got to put in blinds. You got to do all these things. But in the end, it's kind of like, well, hold on a minute. Every, every other house that's existing, all of a sudden the furnace goes out. I have to recite it. Oh, geez, I need a new roof. You know what? Three of those seals went out. Oh, should I replace all the windows? You know, the water heater's been bad. You know, and a new construction, you don't you don't have to worry about that for a while. And so then I started looking at it. I mean, that's even me who owned a, a, a stupid company. It was a good company, but owned a company 
that was kind of negative on the building, but just had to see it in a different light. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're right. And then with financing, you know, I might be paying, I might be paying a hundred dollars more a month because of it, but that's 1200. That's not even a, a third of a furnace that I'm going to have to pay for. So, well, you know, one other quick tip. I played that. You, just, you were just on a rant, so I played that. Oh, um, one other quick uh, piece of advice I give about interest rates. Those of you that are concerned about the payments, here's the good news. You can put a little more money down. And you can still have the same payment. You just have to put more money down. So a lot of people that have been like intentionally because rates were so low, they were putting, you know, only 20% down, but you could afford to do 50. Well, now guess what? If you want that same payment, you just put a little more money down into the transaction. You can secure the same payment. And, and it's all good. You know what? I have to admit, that was probably my first rant that I was kind of going off on. I don't, no, I don't usually, no, I don't usually rant. Andy's the ranter, you know. I, I so should, yeah. You they, should good angry, about it. they should have I a segment admit. called the Angry Pollock. <laughs> hey, Nick is one of those two now. He's uh Yeah, he's 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 native now. He's over a, there. He's a, he's a native. <laughs> There you go. Hi guys. So today is a special today is a special day. It is World Health Day. So Andy's analogy will be about how do we handle stress, these new interest rates, uh, buying and selling a home. How can we help people relax a little in this process? Just understand that we're on a slippery slope to hell, kids. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, Story time with Andy. <laughs> yeah, kids, you're screwed. I, uh, you're never gonna buy a house. You're gonna be uh, a rent payment forever. No, here's what I would say to you: opportunities will come your way, oh. and and if you have the patience and you put yourself in a good position, as my grandpa and my dad used to say, don't put yourself in harm's way. The opportunity will present itself when you're not expecting it. Uh, being prepared to capitalize on that uh, opportunity, because um, it does always happen. There's always that rare once in a lifetime. Um, thing that'll come. Um, on the other hand, if you've got seven kids and you're living in your van and you need a place to live, it's very stressful. But I have to say, you probably put yourself in that position anyway uh, by making some not so great choices. So yeah. understand hiring professionals now is probably the smartest thing that I've seen because um, they're getting the deals done. The people that are trying to buy on their own are not. Um, it's very, very few people um, are, are not you know, using the guidance of a professional. Um, some, some are selling without the, the real estate agents. Well, I get, I mean, Hey, if you can sell your house and you know, you're not leaving money on the table and you can sell it yourself and hire somebody to do the closing for you, God bless you. But in most cases, that's not the truth. The reality is, is that you're leaving money on the table every time. Um, historically it's over 12% that the real estate agent can get more, including all commissions. So it's like, it, it is pretty crazy statistics, but when you market something and you create demand and there's more people that want the same item. Um, hiring that professional will net you more money in your pocket. And that's ultimately at the end of the day, why would you want not want somebody to take care of everything for you, do everything with you, guide you, and then you make more money? Unless you're crazy. Stats prove it. Stats prove it. Nice. Okay. That's what I know about health um, and stress. Hey, we have a couple more um, social media reacts and then we'll wrap up uh, the show. Okay. Well, well, well. How the turntables. How the table turns, I would say, is what that is. How the turntables. Yeah, I I talk talk about that all the time. Hey, that's for you, Andy. That's from the office. That was uh, like. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that guy. He's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. I just think that um, I think realtors have to, have to realize that. I think buyers and sellers do. I think sometimes buyers and sellers forget that throughout the transaction. When they sell, they're one way. And then when they buy, they're the other way. And it's just like, you guys, you, I mean, just step back and kind of think about what that other person is thinking and, and doing. And we're all on both sides of this. So that's why it's just... 
you know, I'm usually more on the listing side of, of this and, yep. you know, that where people are really struggling and trying to get their uh, buyer something, you don't have to be an ass. You can be nice and treat realtors with respect and, uh, and their clients and just kind of maybe even help them out and, you know, where maybe that it, it kind of lacked on there, but you don't have to be an idiot to people. You just don't have to do it. And it's just, it's just, it's wrong and it'll come back to bite you. It really will. Not worth it. Ditto. Agree. Thank you for calling Zillow. How can I help you? Yes. How you doing? Um, I'm looking into purchasing a three bedroom house. All righty. What's your budget? 300,000. <laughs> you would have grown up with that too. <laughs> just like I was saying. You gotta be a little nicer. <laughs> Maybe give them a little reality, but uh, that's good. That actually is one of the funniest ones we've ever done. <laughs> Even did Zillow's you hear him too? Out. He said, "You want a garage with that too?" Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I have it all the time where I'll have people saying, "Well, you know, the old days when we, I got a hundred thousand dollars and I'd like to pay cash." Um, and I, I'll buy as many houses as you can find for a hundred thousand that are three bedroom, two bath houses. And I'm like, even in the foreclosure days, you couldn't find deals like that that were in the right neighborhoods. And it's like, it, you know, expectations are, are really hard to, I mean, if you start your expectations in reality, then you're, you're fine. But man, if you listen to somebody that says back in the day, I did this and I did that, those days are gone. So in today's world, um, I don't think you're putting yourself in harm's way either though. I mean, Today's pricing, you know, with today's equity positions and with interest rates where they are, and like like Chris said, you're not going to live there for 20 years anyway. You're This is a vehicle, it's a tool, and you're living in it for however many years. So does it work for you right now is what you really have to look at. Setting expectations, Andy, big, 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 big thing. I have like a, uh, you know, having listings, you, I mean, you see all the different ways people try to get a deal done and uh, send to you. And some are good and some are like, oh, I'm not sure I, I like, but... I share all of that kind of stuff with my our buyer clients because it's like mm -hmm. I'm not into hey we'll just lose a couple and then we'll figure it out eventually you'll 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 play the game. I'm not right. going to do that. I don't want to lose. I want you to get what you want to be able to get. And here's what it's taking in which to be able to get them. Now, is it true that some people have to learn to be able to kind of get to the next one like they didn't never thought it was real and there's no way and my buddy got this one because of that? Hey, that happens and that's fine. And maybe some of those houses aren't what you want, but um, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta put our best foot forward. And, and there's ways in which to be able to put your best foot forward without necessarily just having an open checkbook and give them anything that they want. You know, there's some real benefits to people um, from the amount of money they have down, the flexibility in closing, possession. Um, there's just a lot of things, appraisal gaps, tons of things that you can do to be able to make yourself look better. Hey, before we wrap up, um, we got an exciting comment here. It's Greg, our super fan. We haven't heard from you in a long time. Glad to see you back commenting. Do you need a home inspection for new construction is the question. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It's not a bad, it's not a bad thing in which to do because I mean, when you're going around and you're looking and doing a final walkthrough and a lot of builders do a really good, thorough job of that, mm -hmm. but you know, there might be some things that, Hey, that's, it's good enough kind of a thing where an inspector is working just for you. It's going to cost you some money, usually not a lot of money because they know that it's, I mean, there's, there's city officials that come out there and do final inspections and, and make sure that everything's right, but they're not really checking the, the quality of the work. They're just making sure that it's there and done. You know, there, there are energy efficiency tests that can be done too. I think that sometimes is important. You know, like if there's the closed door, you know, we do that um, air pressure test. Um, a lot of builders are doing that now for their Hearst scores and, and getting copies of that is important. So you can kind of see, but I mean, when we've had home inspections in the past with new builds, um, they, they usually find things like, well, hey, this bathroom has a lower water pressure because the water line is an extra 30 feet than the other one. Well, we, we kind of already knew that. But so the only thing you could do is go back in the walls, rip it out, put the heavier you know feeder lines in or, you know, or, or vent caps. You know, hey, they forgot to put the caps on these. Then you go to the city and the city says we don't 
We do not want caps on those. And so if you have an inspector that doesn't know the local uh, building codes that are being enforced in each city, city, not, not state, not national, it's each city enforces the international building codes and they, or the national building codes, excuse me, and they do it individually. And it's their interpretation of that. So that is kind of a flaw in our system, but it is city to city. It's different. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, so with those new interest rates, Kirby Kybic, we put his number down in the, in the Facebook. We thank you, Kirby, for getting, uh, getting us that information. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Give us a like on these videos. We post three digestible clips every day on Facebook. Also, we are on YouTube now, so if you can subscribe to that, that would be wonderful. Thanks again for another great episode. You guys take care. Ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.